I'm sure your mother's heart is very warmed here this morning and melting. Happy Mother's Day, and we thank all the fathers for helping out with all of those videos. I think that might have been some tough work, especially to do it without your, your wife knowing about it, but thank you for all your help with that. God bless you all. Today after the service, uh, there is a special dessert for all you moms, so please make sure you take one with you when you leave today. Amen? All right. So, dry those tears, and let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Back to our Sermon on the Mount series, looking over the Beatitudes. And today our focus will be on the seventh Beatitude. We're almost at the end of these. Matthew chapter 5. Again, we're going to read all the Beatitudes together to help us learn them and memorize them. But our focus today will be verse 9. So let's stand together in honor of God's Word and read these words of Jesus. The Beatitudes. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You may be seated. Today's sermon is entitled, The Peacemakers, coming from verse 9. For they shall be called sons of God, can also be translated, for they shall be called children of God. This isn't just a man thing that we're talking about. It's all the men, women, and children of God. They are the children of God, the peacemakers. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. And why? Because we live in a world that knows no peace. Instead, our world knows all too well about violence and hatred. And so the Lord calls us, His people, to be peacemakers in this world. Man knows violence. And it's been that way since near the beginning of time. Do you remember the story from the book of Genesis, chapter 4? The two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. And Cain grew in this very jealous attitude toward his brother. And he became enraged in his jealousy. And in his rebellion against God, he rose up against his brother and killed him. Cain killed Abel. And ever since then, that's what man does. They hate each other. They're violent against each other. They rise up against each other, all in this spirit of rebellion. But you know, that wasn't the first act of rebellion. That wasn't the first act of rising up against someone. Because Cain's parents, Adam and Eve, they were the first. They rose up not against each other. 
They rose up against God. They rebelled against God and disobeyed Him by eating the fruit that He told them not to eat. And so before man was at war with man, first, man was at war with God. And today, man is at war with man because man is at war with God. The reason why we have so much trouble among people in the world is because people don't know God. And people don't have peace with God. Therefore, they live in hatred toward one another. And so God sends us into the world to be peacemakers. And today as we look at this beatitude to be peacemakers, we're going to answer those two questions once again. First of all, who are the peacemakers? And the second question, why are they blessed? Amen. So let's begin, first of all, with that first question, who are the peacemakers? Let's look at this verse once again, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So who are the peacemakers? Well, today I want to suggest to you they are those who pursue peace with man and preach peace with God. Who are the peacemakers? They are those who pursue peace with man and they preach peace with God. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 14, the writer is speaking to Christians who are already going through persecution within their own families, among the Jewish people as Jews were converting to Christianity, and it was causing war within families, war within communities. And so the writer in the book of Hebrews says in verse 12 of chapter 14, pursue peace with all people inside your home and outside your home within the church and without all people you are to pursue peace believers as they grow in Christ should seek and pray for peace amen do you make that a regular part of your prayer life to pray for peace we don't want to see people hating each other. We don't want to see people hurting one another. We don't want to see families falling apart. We don't even like the thought of being hated by someone. And I'm sure many of you that are here today, sitting in your seats, you have understood the misery of being at odds with someone in your life. You never feel settled when you know there's no peace between you and someone else. It's a difficult thing to go through. It might be a relationship within your family, at work, or just in general, in society. And when there is no peace, it's a very heavy burden to bear. We are to pursue peace. And so in pursuing peace, we are to be what's called 
reconciled or to facilitate the healing of relationships or forgiveness among people. All people. The Lord does not want just you to pursue peace. He wants you to help others find peace with one another in their relationships. And it can be a difficult task. Notice the verse says, we are to pursue peace. When you pursue something, it's an ongoing day-by-day attempt at striving for peace. It's, it's like running, running toward a goal. It's that pursuit of something. And in that word pursuing, it, it implies that it's possible that at times you won't actually achieve the peace. Nevertheless, today you are to run after it. Tomorrow will it be true. Run after peace. Even though the verse does not say, achieve peace with all people. Accomplish peace with all people. All we can do is pursue it and strive for it. And why do we need to pursue peace? Well, because this world is filled with violence and hatred. And you know what? There are people in the world today who actually enjoy the violence of others. They enjoy watching it. They enjoy hearing about it. They enjoy writing about it. And this is something that, if I'm being honest with you today, this is something that actually angers me in my heart. What angers me is to not only see that someone is abusing another, whether we are calling it bullying, whether it's a husband who abuses his wife, whether there's a fight going on in someone's school and people are hurting each other, not only that, but what angers me even beyond that is that there are people there watching it and doing nothing about it. Instead, people today will take their phone and record the whole thing. Why? Because they want to entertain you and give you something to watch later in the afternoon. And so instead of stepping in, saving someone, trying to pursue peace, breaking up a fight, instead, we have Facebook, Instagram, and whatever else. And I can't tell you how many videos I've seen where a student is beating up on another student while other students are there laughing about it and taping it. Where a boyfriend is fighting with his girlfriend or a husband with his wife. And they will film themselves beating her. Laughing all the while. That angers me. To know there are such people that not only abuse, but there are also people who will just stand by and do nothing about it. We are to pursue peace and stand for peace and strive for peace. I was just talking about this yesterday with some of my daughters, and they reminded me of a story that I probably told you before. In fact, I think that I have, but there was a, some years ago, we were in America. I think we were visiting America from here, and so my wife and I and our four children, it was called Black Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving where everybody goes shopping to get ready for Christmas. And all the department stores are putting on sales, hoping to, to make a lot of sales on that night, and they do. 
Well, we were out one night, not to go shopping, but for some reason, call us crazy, we love to just drive around and visit department stores and just walk around drinking our coffee and just observe what's going on. I don't know why we enjoy it, but we tend to. And one night at about midnight, all six of us went to a store called Toys R Us. Do you know it? It's where all of us parents go to buy the next new fad, the next new toy for our kids. Well, we went there. I don't know why, but we did. And there were hundreds of people there. They have about 12 registers where you can check out from, and there must have been 300 people crowding with all their carts, trying to find their way to their register. And I was with my two daughters, I think Rachel and Yaya, and we were standing there watching from afar the sea of people. Couldn't believe how many people were there. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of them, there was shouting and shoving and pushing through and yelling. And it ended up that somebody, as you can imagine, had to cut in front of somebody else in line. And oh, you would think that World War III had just begun. And as I'm watching and I'm thinking, I hope somebody calms them down, do you know what I saw people doing? Immediately, I saw phones lifted up in the air to record the mayhem that was about to happen. Why? Because I'm sure they would love to go on Facebook that night and show the horror of Christmas shopping so that everybody could watch what was happening. And I don't know what stirred up inside of me, but I made my way against my daughter's wishes. I made my way through the crowd, pushing through the, car the carriages, pushing through the people, and I just put one hand on one woman and one hand on another man. And I said, calm down. You are here for your children. You're here to Christmas shop for your kids. Calm down. And eventually they settled down. The woman turned around, got back in line, and everything was settled. And the phones went down. Now, do you suppose those people put a post on Facebook to show what happens when a peacemaker comes and settles a dispute? Of course not. Nobody wants to see that. The world wants to see violence. But in the face of it, in the darkness of it, in the evilness of it, the Lord calls us to be peacemakers. Some have done what I did and never hurt for it. And some are even killed by stepping into a dispute to try to settle it with peace. Nevertheless, we do it because we know it's right, don't we? We do it because it's right, because we are commanded so. And when we do it, all we can do is all we can do. All we can do is speak and pursue peace. Paul, once again, was speaking to the church in Rome. And that church in Rome, the, the, the persecution began to arise in Rome against the Christians and also against the Jews. And Paul, knowing the circumstance of, of, of what was happening, that Christians were being imprisoned, losing their homes, losing their lives, Paul wrote them a letter Speaking to the believers in Rome, he said this, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as is in your control, you do what you can do 
If it's possible, as much as is in you, seek that peace. But Paul knows very well that sometimes peace doesn't come. Nevertheless, we do what we do because it is right. And we are commanded to be peacemakers and to live peaceably with all men. If it is possible, Paul says, he knew that even with such acts of love and kindness toward their enemies, believers who pursued peace were often abused still, imprisoned still, and killed still. Nevertheless, pursue peace is our command. Blessed are those who pursue peace. Amen. Secondly, within this first question, blessed are those who preach peace. Because this is the heart of the problem. Man is at war with man because man is at war with God. The good news is God sent His Son, the one we call the Prince of Peace, to establish the peace of God among people. And He alone has made it possible for every man, every woman, and every child to have peace with God. Amen. And this peace only comes through the cross of Jesus Christ where our sins are forgiven, where hearts are made new, and the Holy Spirit begins to dwell inside of man, changing him and molding him into the image of Jesus. When Jesus came, all of heaven sang, peace, peace on earth. Jesus was the peace of God handed to us from heaven, and we are to represent that peace and preach that peace that's found in Christ. Blessed are those who will preach this good news of peace. Romans chapter 10. Paul is telling us the answer, what every single person in the world needs. In Romans chapter 10, he says that people need to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. How many of you have called upon His name? Amen? But then Paul says, how will they call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe unless they have heard about Him? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So Paul says, the answer for the world is to have people call upon the name of the Lord. And in it, they will find peace with God. So Paul says in chapter 10, verse 15, How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You see how those words are italicized? It's because Paul is bringing it out of the Old Testament. These are words that have been spoken before by at least two prophets in the Old Testament. One of them was Nahum. 
Nahum prophesied that God would deliver Israel from the Assyrian nation. And that Israel, after suffering so much defeat, so much suffering and death and imprisonment, God the Savior was coming and He would deliver them. And so the picture Nahum brings to Israel, the messengers are on their way. Behold, they're on the mountains. And what is their message? There is peace at last. God reigns and He brings you peace. Good news. And then later Isaiah says the same words. Isaiah spoke these words, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring this news of peace. In other words, we are now those who bring this news of peace. And when we go out into the world, our message is, people, the war is over. You can have peace with God. And God would look upon you who preach that peace, and He says, how lovely you are. How lovely you are, peacemakers. Go and spread that message that all people will know that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. It's called the gospel of peace. And we are to proclaim it and tell people the war between you and God, it can end today if you will trust in Jesus Christ. And I will tell you this, all of you, if right now, if you are at war with God, if you are in rebellion against God, I'll tell you now, God will always win that war. You will lose that battle. So I suggest if today you know you are at odds with God, come to the cross of Christ, be forgiven, and you will have peace with God. You will have peace with God, and you will have the peace of God in your heart and in your mind. Amen. God has extended His grace and mercy. He has given us His Son, and Christ gives us a perfect peace with God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, if you will. I'm not going to put the verses on the screen behind me. I just, I want you to turn to it. We're just going to read through it. But I want you to see what Paul says in these verses. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll start reading at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, 
that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Do you see that in those verses, God has given us a ministry. Do you remember that word? Two weeks ago, we talked about ministers of mercy. Mercy you have received, and now mercy you minister to others. In the same way, we have received peace with God, and now He calls us to minister that peace to others. And to tell them, as God has said, be reconciled to God. Find peace in Christ. The Bible calls us ambassadors. We are here representing our Lord and Savior. And we are to preach His message of peace for all. When a person finds peace with God, that person will learn to pursue peace with people. So who are the peacemakers? They are those who pursue peace with man and they preach peace with God. Amen. And the second question, why are they blessed? Well, again, look what Jesus says. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Or, and they shall be called children of God. Now remember, in the blessings of the Beatitudes, there is a blessing both for today and there's a blessing for tomorrow. In this salvation, we have been marvelously and perfectly united with Christ. And as such, we are being molded in His image. Jesus, the eternal Son of God. And now through Jesus, we have become the adopted children of God, united with Jesus. Today, we are called children of God. And let me ask you this. Who do you suppose calls us sons or children of God? Jesus says, blessed are you peacemakers, for you shall be called children of God. Well, who calls you that? Well, the answer is, God calls you that. God calls you His children. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What is the blessing today? We are called the children of God. And do you see what it says? We are. Say it with me. We are. One more time. We are the children of God. The promise is not one day you'll become the children of God. One day this could happen. One day it will surely happen. No, right now. Just like when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom is our kingdom. We have eternal life in Christ and we are the children of God. And it's the spirit of God himself that tells us that. And he doesn't just tell us in our ear. He doesn't just show us. He speaks to us in our spirit. 
where we need it the most, in the most inner part of who we are, in the core of who we are, in our spirit. That's where he says to us, you are a child of God. And that's where we need it the most. We need to know that at the core of who we are, we're children of God. We need to know that deep down inside when we fail in life and make mistakes, when we go through a trial, when we're going through a circumstance that we don't want to be going through, when it seems like the blessings are not falling upon us, when nothing seems to be working out, then the Holy Spirit reminds you down deep inside, you are a child of God. And by that truth, oh, how we are comforted by it, how it gives us hope and encouragement. Amen? Today, you are the children of God. And the promise is also for tomorrow. In the Bible, the Bible in the book of Hebrews sort of gives us a picture. And the picture here is when the Lord returns to rapture the church out of the earth and he brings us into heaven, the picture is Jesus presenting us to all the heavenly hosts in heaven. And on that day, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 13, the Lord Jesus will say, Here I am, and the children whom God has given me. In that day, Jesus, standing in the midst of all his people, the church, like a shepherd, standing in the midst of his sheep, he will announce to all of heaven, here I am and all the children that God has given to me. And I believe Jesus will look at his father and he will say, here I am, father, and all my brothers and sisters, the children that you have given to me. Look, father, I have not lost one of them. They're all here, just as I promised from the beginning. I have raised them up, and here they are forever in your company. And they are united with me forever and ever. And so we shall be the children of God from today and forevermore. Praise God. Praise God. Musicians, would you come? Of all the things that God has just presented to us today, we can't finish a message like this until I would ask you the question, do you have peace with God? Do you? You may understand what it means now. You might have an idea of what it looks like. It might be something that you would hold as the most important thing in life but I'll ask you, do you have peace with God? I pray that today, if you don't, first of all, it might be because you have never come to the cross of Christ. It may be that you have never trusted in Jesus to forgive you of your sin and to call you child of God. And if you're here today and you know that you don't have peace with God, 
I tell you, it's only through Christ that you can. And if you don't have it, trust in Christ. Or maybe you're here today and you are a believer, but you don't feel that peace with God. Then I pray that you will be drawn to the cross of Christ. Be reminded of what He has done for you. And also be reminded of your poverty in spirit. Be reminded of the sin in your life and to know that He comforts you with forgiveness. And the Lord today, I believe, wants to give you peace in your mind and in your heart. Trust in Christ. Let's stand together.